Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. I know you're all getting ready for the 4th of July and fireworks and picnics and time at the beach, maybe in the swimming pool, certainly grilling out with your friends and loved ones. That's what this weekend's about as we celebrate the extraordinary 246th birthday of America, the birth of independence, the birth of the greatest constitutional republic ever conceived by men and women. We're so grateful. 24 million Americans have served in the armed forces over our history to keep us safe, to keep freedom alive, to keep the spirit the and the essence of the greatest country the world has ever known alive and well and secure. And on this great holiday weekend, my heartfelt thanks to any and every one of you who have served in the armed forces. Thank you for defending freedom. Thank you for keeping this great country right where it belongs at the forefront of the world. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. That's coming tomorrow morning. And oh, by the way, we've got a special for you tomorrow morning. My colleague on the television show, Amanda Head, and I have put together a wonderful celebration of America. A little bit of everything from hot dog eating. We're going to have the great hot dog contest eating champion, Joey Chestnut, with us. We've got Governor Christy Nome talking about the battle with the Biden administration over the fireworks at Mount Rushmore, the great Mount Rushmore, the Biden administration, like the Obama administration, wouldn't let fireworks shows there. President Trump, in fact, did a big legal epic battle going on there. So tune in tomorrow. We're going to have you well covered on the 4th of July. A little bit lighter fare, but a lot of fun guests, a lot of news, a lot of reason to listen in. One of my favorite parts of the show tomorrow is a discussion that we have with the family in Maine that is building a theme park dedicated in celebrating Americana, America, the 24 million veterans, 
They're going to have the largest and tallest flagpole in American history, 1,776 feet high, a football and a half field wide, old glory like never before flown above this great country. That opens on July 4th, 2026. We're going to give you an unbelievable sneak peek about what's going on there. You're going to love that. So tune in tomorrow for the 4th of July. But you know what? We didn't let you down today either. We've got a great show starting off with Governor Christy Noem from South Dakota. We've got a lot to talk about with her, her efforts to address the issue of abortion post the reversal of Roe v. Wade. She also has some great things going on in her state, a booming economy, a commitment to freedom like few others in the country. Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, won a lot of cases before the Supreme Court and in the federal courts this year. He's joining us. Hogan Gidley, the former White House press spokesperson, now one of the most important voices on election integrity, one of the rising stars of the Republican movement. If you haven't heard him speak, it is something else. North Carolina, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson will be joining us, but we're going to kick off today's show with an old friend, a good friend of uh, the John Solomon Report show, Congressman Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona. He has a lot to say about the border, about Joe Biden, about safety, about security, about fighting crime, fighting inflation, fighting high gas prices, always has some words of wisdom and a lot of news to make. So we'll kick off this great Sunday before the 4th of July with Congressman Andy Biggs right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm sure by now you have heard the news of those now 51 immigrants who died earlier in the week just outside of San Antonio, Texas. And to talk about this and a lot of other border issues, we want to bring in one of our favorites, Congressman Andy Biggs of the great state of Arizona. Congressman, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. We are happy to have you. I mean, this story, though, is is devastating. And for those who want more of the Unfortunately, gory details. John has a lot of those over at justthenews.com. But Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre came out and said this happened because the border is locked tight. It's shut down. The truck got stuck there and that's how the people died. And I think most of us know that to not be true. But is there an element uh, within the press secretary or within the White House that thinks that they can sell this information to the American people and that they'll buy it? Well, I think so. I think this I feel like we're living in in 1984, George Orwell's 1984, where you have truth speak because they think that they can say whatever they want and the the people will believe them. But the reality is when she said yesterday and that I I watched that video, um, maybe it was day before yesterday, it just runs together. But when I watched the video, I said to myself, "They're, they're just flat out lying. Uh, They know the border's not closed. I've asked numerous uh, Biden officials. I've shown them the the Secure Fence Act of 2006 and the definition of what a closed border is and what they have to do. And and they 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 all say, well, it's closed. That's that's a lie. And what's happening down there and what you saw the 51 people in that the back of that semi. That's that's horrific. But but smaller versions of that happen daily in this country, whether it's in a a suburban SUV that they've cleaned out all the seats and they've stacked it up with 15 or 20 people. And you've got a a 17, 18 year old kid driving that thing. Um, We've seen him run into to other vehicles and and tragic uh, results happening to both the illegal aliens in that vehicle and the, the people that they hit. This goes on regularly. This happens on a daily basis, maybe not of the same magnitude of what you've seen. But that's because the border policy is exactly as the Biden administration designed. They want an open border. They're doing de facto amnesty. And that's what's going on here. I know you always stick to the facts. That is something you've always done as a member of Congress. Yesterday, there was a hearing on Capitol here, another January 6th committee hearing where as soon as a witness stopped speaking, facts started coming out saying that's not true. That's not true. The president didn't lunge at the steering wheel. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, she didn't write that a note that alleged she took credit for. But there's one that was said about you, and I want to give you a chance to respond to this because I've interviewed everybody in the Trump White House. I can't find anyone who knows this to be true. There was an allegation that you sought a pardon from President Trump because you thought you might have done something wrong on January 6th. We want to hear directly from you what you think about that allegation. Well, it's absolutely totally untrue, and I can't even imagine where it arises from, but. But it's, it's like virtually everything else she said, uh, there's, there's not any truth to it. But, but John, if you even look at the exchange that they had, the, the videotape of her testimony regarding me was doctored. So, so they, she just talked about some other people, the, there's a hard cut. And then, and then um, Adam Schiff says, were you contacted by anyone else? And she said, Andy Biggs did. And that's it. And so immediately, Taken out of context with a hard with a hard cut, all of the left wing media says, "Oh, Biggs asked for for a pardon," but they also had leaked that her testimony literally months ago, and so I've been dealing with that and have denied it uh, repeatedly. 
uh, as have others. Um, I went back like you, John. I'm like, I mean, how did this happen? They also implied that I asked Cassidy uh, uh, Hutchins uh, for uh, a pardon herself. Why would I ever ask uh, a low level scheduler for a pardon um, when I had access to the chief of staff and the president himself? It's just like so much. It's just like everything else here. It didn't even make sense. So it's an untruth that's told that 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 is laughable on its face. And Congressman, so much that's come out from this hearing has it's raised eyebrows as far as its truthfulness. Um, a lot of these videos and audio that's been selectively and creatively doctored, of course, what you were referencing about the allegations that President Trump lunged towards the steering wheel and became irate when he was told he couldn't go to the Capitol. Of course, the allegation that you sought a pardon. Is there anything that has been revealed through these hearings that is actually true? What's been revealed through these hearings that is actually true is that this committee is illegitimate and it contains a bunch of liars who are abusing their power for political purpose against a political opponents. That's what's true. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. I was thinking, Congressman, I had the chance to meet some of the Watergate prosecutors, some of the Whitewater councils, and where legitimate oversight hearings were done in Congress the right way. I can't imagine any of them running out and saying, the president lunged and grabbed the wheel from the Secret Service and not interview the Secret Service to see if a hearsay claim is made. It's as though the art of investigation has been thrown out the window for the art of Hollywood. How troubling is it that they're not doing the basic due diligence before they make allegations? Well, I think it, I think it's horrible because it, it, I think it's, it's institution killing. I think uh, American people don't trust much of what Congress does anyway. But then when they see this this parade of of uh, perfidy uh, going across, I think that that people say, look, you know, we can't trust them anyway. We never can trust politicians. And that is uh, that is to the detriment of this country. It'll have long lasting impacts on this nation and how the, uh, the citizens view their elected officials, which they already mistrust. But it'll also do irreparable harm to the institution. Um, how do you hold these individuals who are who are on this uh, political witch hunt accountable if you um, if you can't have legitimate oversight? I mean, they, this committee failed to ask questions that they should have asked. They failed to they failed to say, oh, Secret Service, we know this is going to happen. We, we know what the testimony is yeah. going to be. Why? Because they scripted it. Just look at she's reading from a script. And so is Liz Cheney yesterday. That's totally scripted. And where's the follow-up question? Yeah. You know, I mean. Congressman, you are right on the money about that. It's scripted and it's not about getting the facts. We're so grateful you come on the show because when you come on the show, we do get facts. And I want to thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thanks Amanda. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got a real treat for your governor, Christy Nome. She has a brand new book out, has a lot to say. And guess what? A brand new lawsuit against President Biden. She wants those fireworks at Mount Rushmore. I know a lot of Americans want that too. We're gonna to talk about all of that right after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating 
your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, America. We are so lucky to have this next guest. She is the governor of the great state of South Dakota and the author of this amazing new book, Not My First Rodeo, Lessons from the Heartland, Governor Christy Noem. Governor, great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be with you all. Thank you so much for inviting me to be with you. I love this book. I couldn't stop reading it last night. I want to turn to it in a second, but we have a little bit of breaking news. You're doing a lot of things on the front lines of governance. I want to ask you about the things you've done in your state since the Dobbs ruling on Friday. One of those is to uh, announce that you're going to ban abortion pills coming into the state. The second is to create a new uh, URL, a new website called life.sd.gov. I'd like to learn about both of those. Well, what's interesting is what the Supreme Court did last week by coming forward with this decision is that they fixed a wrong that had been done almost 50 years ago. What this does is it returns the decision making back to the state to have their elected officials decide what the law will be in protecting life closer to home. What's interesting in South Dakota is back in 2005, we passed a trigger law that if this decision ever came overturning Roe, that abortions would be illegal immediately, except to save the life of a mother. So that is the law today. And we are focused on really making sure that people have the resources to know that these mothers are supported, that they have their health care, the counseling services, mentors, and even adoption services, should they choose that path at their fingertips, 
if they need it, if they're in a situation where they have an unplanned pregnancy or a crisis situation where they really do need some help. So it's life.sd.gov, and it's a connection point to really address some of those questions that we're getting right now. I think it's important, too, for us to talk about the fact that even in the case of if someone did continue to get an abortion in the state of South Dakota, it is not the mothers who would ever be prosecuted. It is not to go after these mothers. It is to prosecute the doctors that would knowingly break the law um, by performing abortions in the state. So I'm proud that South Dakota is standing for life. I'm also proud that we're putting some action behind our words and saying that we do support life and we support these mothers as well, getting them the resources that they need to move forward. That's amazing. And uh, you also, in this bill, don't allow exceptions for rape and incest. And I know a lot of evangelicals across America are cheering that decision. Talk to us about why, why you decided that. Well, you know, this trigger law was passed many years ago, even before I was involved in government and politics. But I do support the law as it stands, uh, just because it, it aligns with really what it means when you say every life is precious. You know, I can't even imagine the tragedy that goes along with being raped or having a situation where you're dealing with incest and what those individuals are going through that have had that experience in their life. I've never experienced anything like that. But what I would also say is I've just never believed that a tragedy in a horrible situation should be followed up with another tragedy. And if you're truly going to be someone who says all lives should be treated equal and every person deserves a chance to live, uh, we have to defend these babies uh, when they're in the womb and speak for them and make sure that we're backing up what science has shown us. Over the years, we've seen uh, developments that have proven to us that this is a life at conception, that it does feel pain in the womb, that doctors, when they treat these babies in the womb, they treat them as patients, give them patients' rights as well. How can we then turn around at any other point and say it's a patient and it has rights, but it's not a human life? It's just hypocritical, and I think it's important that we have that intelligent conversation going forward. Yeah, such important things. Something that doesn't seem to be very intelligent to a lot of people, Joe Biden's decision not to let you have fireworks at one of the great monuments in America, Mount Rushmore. Uh, you're taking some legal action. Tell us about that battle. Why would the president deprive the great uh, citizens of South Dakota of that great opportunity? Well, the fact of the matter is Joe Biden doesn't like me, and he doesn't like the state of South Dakota because of the decisions that we've made. And listen, he's punished us from the very beginning since we got into the White House. What he's doing by denying us the opportunity to have a fireworks show at Mount Rushmore is really ignoring federal law. There is a law on the books that's called the Administrative Procedures Act that says if you check all the boxes for safety, environmental concerns, consultation with tribes, uh, meeting uh, you know any fire danger, water quality issues, that if you meet those requirements and do all that, they have to issue the permit. And we did do that did all the work and still they are denying us the opportunity to celebrate America at our most wonderful monument that we're so proud of. So I am suing him in federal court. Uh, we will win because we're on the right side of the law. But I think what is interesting is that, you know, tourism is our second largest industry. It's our chance to market our state. He's not just hurting our opportunity to celebrate America. He's hurting our economy. He's hurting jobs in South Dakota. And I believe he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, I know that the people of South Dakota are going to be very upset that they can't view that. But we've got just a few days left. I certainly hope that that happens. But I want to pivot to your book, uh, an incredible book and so many great anecdotes in there. Um, when you talk about lessons from the heartland, you know, there, there are these quintessentially American values 
And I think a lot of those, uh, they come from the heartland. Talk to us about some of those values that, that exude from South Dakota and from your upbringing. Well, you know, I grew up on a ranch. I, my dad was a cowboy. He was very tough. Everything as a family we did together, if the doors of the church were open, we were in there. And I think that, you know, it would surprise a lot of people to know that I did not grow up in a political family at all. In fact, we didn't even talk about politics. We lived them. You know, everything that we did backed up our freedom and personal responsibility, hard work, taking care of ourselves, not relying on the federal government or even local government to bail us out of difficult situations. And that certainly created the type of person that I am today and my value system, how I use these opportunities to serve in public office um, every day. So I think the story in this book is, you know, it's a political book in a way that it tells some political stories that people haven't heard before, but it's really about my life lived so far and helping people understand how I make my decisions and why I make the decisions that I do. I think most people probably first heard my name during COVID and thought, who is this lady? And everybody's attacking her and I don't even know her background. Is this the first thing that she's ever done? And that's just not my story. I've had several challenges throughout my life and they've created who I am. And and that's why I think I am a strong person today is because of the family that I had and my faith and the fact that I had the blessing to grow up in South Dakota. Yeah, it's an amazing book. And you're right. You really do walk away understanding the value system that underlies your decision as a governor. You come from a state where four great men are on the side of a mountain, but there's a fifth great man in your life. I can tell from the book, your dad, there are two amazing anecdotes that really spoke to me. One, the, the story of how your dad would get you up in the morning. I'd love you if you could tell our audience that. And two, after he passed so tragically, you went to his uh, pickup truck one day and what you discovered, I, it's such an amazing anecdote. I hope you could share it with our audience. Well, you know, my dad was uh, a very hard worker. I don't think I ever remember going to bed before he did or getting up and him not already have been awake for hours, um, you know, getting up and, and working every day. So the way that he sent us to bed every day was our kids' bedrooms were upstairs. If he was, as we said goodnight, he'd say, all right, you know, head to bed and sleep fast. And the way he woke us up every morning was yelling up the stairs, get up. More people die in bed than anywhere else. <laughs> we would, I remember being a little girl and thinking, is that true? I don't, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it seemed like we did have to sleep fast because there was always so much to do. But, you know, when he passed away, you talked about the tapes. Um, he was 49 years old and I had planned my entire life to go to college, come home and work with him in the family business. So when he was killed while I was still taking classes, it was it was devastating. And he was kind of Superman. He was the one who had all the information in his head and we were all just trying to keep up. And when he died, I became the general manager. We were farming about 10,000 acres at the time, had a large cow-calf operation, several different businesses, had a lot of people working for us that didn't necessarily want to be working for a 22-year-old girl. and. And it was challenging. I remember thinking over and over for days on end, I just wish I could ask dad. I wish I could ask dad and and not not knowing what to do. Uh, finally, after a few months after he was gone, I had the courage to go clean out his pickup. If anybody who knows a farmer knows they live out of their pickups. Yeah. Everything important is there. You know, their their notes, their pens, their tools, their food. <laughs> Every just kind of seemed like they lived out of their pickups, but I went with a box finally to clean out his pickup, which I hadn't been able to go near uh, until then. It just was too hard. But in his pickup, I found all kinds of little dictation tapes, like these little audio tapes that he'd had a little tape recorder with. And 
I turned one on as I was sitting there in his seat uh, behind the driver's seat and, and heard his voice. And it was him just talking about what soil type was the best. That's what amazing. Was Governor, I'm and, so sorry. I want to hear the rest of this. Everybody, you have to go and check out her book, Governor Christine Noem. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, we'll be right back after these commercials. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. John, I can't even tell you how excited I am about this weekend. The 4th of July means so much to me and my family. I think we're going to go a little low-key this year, though, maybe do a little grilling and watch some patriotic movies. The Crossing with Jeff Bridges is an oldie, uh, but a goodie, one of my favorites. And then we thought about going to see Top Gun Maverick again because I loved it so much the first time, and you know how I feel about fighter jets. So that might be the uh, the whole of our plan for this weekend. Uh, but thankfully, we won't be driving and needing to buy gas for our little 14-gallon tank to the tune of $90. Thank you very much, Joe Biden. But on to the news. The Supreme Court has finally wrapped up its session this week and what a whirlwind of decisions from overturning Roe v. Wade to a high school football coach getting his job back after he lost it for praying after a game. A big win for religious liberty and freedom of speech and expression. And John, I already know how our guests would grade these decisions coming out of the Supreme Court, but how would you rank them? Listen, there's some historic decisions. And uh, I think the one yesterday where the administrative state, the massive bureaucracy that Donald Trump fought with throughout his entire presidency, well, they got reined in in a big way in that uh, West Virginia versus EPA case. That has sent a message to all federal agencies that if Congress doesn't legislate something, they don't get to do it as Congress's proxy. A very important case. But I think the most important thing that the Supreme Court may have done was the last thing it did before it skipped town yesterday. It agreed to take the North Carolina election case, which is going to determine whether the legislature's power to set the rules of elections, which is seems to be absolute in the Constitution, is really. Can bureaucrats, can governors, can courts interfere with that right? The fact that the Supreme Court took that tells us they're going to have a big decision before the 2024 presidential election. That's one I think we should all keep an eye on. But we're very lucky at the start of the show to have a man who's been before the Supreme Court several times this year, had two big cases decided on its last day. Joining us from the great state of Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton. General Paxton, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Great to be back. We'd like to ask you, you had two cases, one a big win uh, with EPA, the other a loss on Remain in Mexico. Give us your over under 24 hours after you've had a chance to absorb them. 
Yeah, you know what? The EPA case is huge. It is going to have a massive effect on agencies and rein in some of their out-of-control control over states and give states a lot more freedom to, to do the things that they think are right. That's the way the founders set it up, and we're, we're moving in that direction. The Remain in Mexico program was a, uh, obviously a disappointment for a state like mine, a border state, but really, I've said we're all border states, so this will impact all of us. If Biden can ignore federal law and not detain these people and give them the, this massive loophole, which is what it is, because this is what these people do. They come, they don't run away from Border Patrol anymore. They use asylum, they run to them, and then the Biden administration transport around. But I should end by saying on this that it's not over. It was remanded back to the district court, court and we're going to get another shot at bite at the apple because there was a second memo issued, and the court sent the second memo on Remain in Mexico back to the district court. Yeah, that's an important point. Yeah, that guidance that they issued and sent it back down, like you said, is is very important. I want to talk about the EPA case because that one didn't get as much fanfare going into yesterday. But you can always tell how important it is by the uh, the sinking ship sounds of the left, the screeching and <laughs> hurling that we all heard from CNN and the other uh, legacy media outlets yesterday. How is that case going to affect Texas? Well, we're constantly in a war with federal government and with agencies, whether it's you know EPA or other agencies. If you can go look at the lawsuits that we've had to file over the last eight years that I've been in office, and it's almost always against one of these agencies that decides to make their own rules, and they're going well beyond what Congress delegated to them. They make their own laws, basically, and then we have to go sue them. Hopefully, this case will put us in a much better position because they will realize they really they should realize after reading this case. That, that they can't do this anymore. Yeah, it is amazing. I want to ask you the irony a little bit of this because Donald Trump spent most of his presidency being attacked by those federal bureaucrats, Russia collusion, the leaking of phone calls of his with world leaders, the Ukraine allegations that didn't turn out to be what they were supposed to be. But he seems to get the last laugh because the Supreme Court he left behind finally took those bureaucrats and said, you know what, you don't get to make law. We're a republic of and for and by the people. You're not the sole decider. Is there a little bit of irony that Donald Trump's legacy court uh, left that behind for his foes in the bureaucracy? Oh, absolutely. I guarantee you that he's enjoying some of these decisions being made by the court. And look, you know, our, our, our country was set up with three branches of government. and we've, we've developed a fourth, and it's all of these federal agencies that really go way beyond anything that could have ever been met by our founders. And literally, I've talked to congressmen where I asked ask for help some of my constituents, and they tell me you know, it's dealing with some federal agency, and they, they have the same response I do. Well, I can't get any, them to do anything either. And you would think that Congress has the purse strings, that they would have control over the bureaucracy, but they've gotten so big and so powerful, they, they control so much of what's going on in our federal government. Yeah, General, you are always looking out for the people of Texas and yet another and the latest instance of that, you filing this uh, CID against Walmart, the civil civic investigative demand for violation, possible violations, I should say, against the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. I would imagine that going against the Walton family empire is almost as daunting as going against the Sackler family empire. Walmart, I assume, is pushing back fairly hard. Well, you know what's interesting? We've, we've taken them on, we've taken on Google, we've taken on Facebook, we've taken on, as you said, the, the, the Sackler family, Pardue. So if it's about protecting the citizens of my state, one of the things that I'm supposed to do under the Constitution is make sure that corporations are not defrauding our consumers. And so 
when I come back down to any corporation, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Walmart, and we're going to hold them accountable for filing our deceptive trade practices act. Yeah, a lot of people are watching for that Google case. That's such an important one. You've taken a lot of strides to protect free speech. And I know Americans outside of Texas appreciate that as well as the Texans inside. I want to ask you a little bit about the border. I know you're going to take another bite at the apple uh, going back and remain in Mexico. But as you look at this, you had the tragedy of the migrants dying in the uh, sweltering heat of the truck. Uh, the president is showing no sign of doing anything to restrain it. Is it time, if you had a moment to go to Governor Abbott and say, you know what, I think it's time to declare that invasion and do even more at the border using our state's rights? Yeah, so I've, we've looked at that. What I've asked our legislature and our governor to consider is doing something that would cause the Biden administration to sue us that would relate to that case that was decided under the Obama administration, Arizona versus the United States. And I think it was wrongly decided that where Arizona tried to step in and protect their border when the federal government wasn't. And the federal Supreme Court came down, and Roberts was a part of this, and said, no, you can't do that. This is preempted by federal law. They can do whatever they want. It cannot be right. The feds can pass a law, not enforce it, and then say to the state, sorry, we're going to sue you. You can't enforce the law either. You can't protect your citizens because we're not, we're not going to do it, but we have a law that says we can yeah. General, I wanted to ask you, you know, since one of these decisions out of the Supreme Court yesterday pertained to uh, election integrity, I know that that's something that you have certainly had your eye on in Texas. What's the state of that heading into midterms in November? Look, I'm, a, I'm as concerned about that issue as anything that we've had dealt with. We, all of these wins mean nothing if we don't have fair elections that people can count on. And I'm concerned about that across the country. I'm concerned about it in Texas. I know that my job has been to prosecute voter fraud, and under the uh, Texas Constitution, supposedly we had that role since 1951, granted by the legislature, and we had our, our Court of Criminal Appeals, which is our Supreme Court on criminal matters, strike that down, saying that I can no longer prosecute voter fraud. That is a real problem in Texas, because now that means that only local DAs, and some of those DAs are funded by George Soros, they can let as much voter fraud go as they want, and that supposedly, according to our criminal court of appeals, because I'm in the executive branch, I don't have the authority to be in court. It makes no sense, but that's what they said. Yeah, that's remarkable. And it seems like those same source prosecutors are starting to make noise that they're not going to enforce any abortion restrictions. If that happens in your state, what powers do you as attorney general or the governor has to try to enforce district attorneys to enforce the law of the state? And that's a scary answer. Absolutely none. The governor has none. I have none. The legislature has given them sole authority to decide whether they're going to uh, prosecute. And so these DAs are looking at what the legislature's passed, and they're saying, we're the law in Dallas County, we're the law in Travis County, we're the law here, we don't enforce those Texas laws, we do what we want. And so you see the Dallas County DA, he's not gonna enforce the work law, he doesn't enforce shoplifting. There may be drug laws he's not enforced, there may be all kinds of laws they choose not to, and there, there needs to be some accountability for DAs, some of them funded by George Soros, who are not going to enforce Texas law. I'm hoping the Texas legislature will respond to this. Yeah, it's devastating cities, and I don't recommend it for any city in Texas. I wanted to ask you very quickly, I know the people of Texas love you and they want to see you out on the campaign trail. You just handily won your runoff. Are you going to be doing any campaigning or just letting your experience and your record speak for itself? Well, one of the challenges I do have is we have you know, 800 lawyers in my office, we have over 4,200 employees. We have a, a lot, we have over 38,000 cases going on at any one time. 
there's always job-related issues that I have to deal with. But there's no doubt. I don't have to be on the campaign trail, especially in the fall when people are listening and paying attention. And we're going to go try to make sure that Texas stays red. Yeah. Well, sir, we always appreciate when you come on the show. We want to wish you a happy early 4th of July, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you. You too. Wow, what a great interview. So fun to have Amanda and I have that discussion. We're going to be right back with more interviews just like that one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. So many decisions out of this session of the Supreme Court yesterday. Some more coming down, and there's one in particular that we are very excited to talk about with our next guest, Hogan Gidley, the director of the Center for Election Integrity at the America First Policy Institute. Hogan, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. We're happy to have you, and I want to ask you about Moore v. Harper, this election case basically lays out what folks like John and I have been saying for a long time. When you make the rules, when you make the laws, it happens via the state legislature, nowhere else. And I have to ask you because, you know, these rules change, these rules changes that happened during the 2020 election. Some of them, I think a lot of people think could have altered, would did alter the election. I think a lot of our audience would be interested to know if any of this is going to have any effect retroactively. Retroactively, I'm not sure. Uh, I know moving forward, it could be quite consequential. The people of North Carolina have been fighting this now for quite some time. Look, I've been honored to go over to that state uh, many times. I was born there. The, the chairman of the GOP has actually had me in to speak at several events. And uh, the people are fired up about election integrity. It's their number one issue. And every time the legislature makes a move, the governor vetoes a particular bill or the courts step in and ruin whatever the uh, legislative branch tried to do. They did it in so many cases. Re redistricting was one of them. And in fact, North Carolina has an interesting redistricting law in which they kind of voted out the governor's say in redistricting. So whatever the legislature says is good to go unless the courts step in and overreach. They did so here. In fact, the first time they put out some redistricting maps, the court stepped in and said, no, unconstitutional. The second time, they said, nope, unconstitutional. They went back to the drawing board, did the legislature for the third time. And the courts then said, not only is your map unconstitutional, now we, the Supreme Court of the state of North Carolina, we're going to draw the map for you. That is a complete overreach uh, by the court system in that state. It looks like, thankfully, after fighting this uh, multiple times in multiple ways locally in the Tar Heel state, it's going right to the Supreme Court so they can make the decision whether or not the courts are overstepping. I would argue 
that the courts clearly have gone too far in this instance. I'm not an attorney, but I'll tell you the people in the state of North Carolina feel this is the case. And in fact, the Supreme Court in that state could have a severe, a severe shakeup in this election cycle. There are several seats up on the court. And right now it's a partisan race. Uh, it's a partisan uh, election in those Supreme Court races. The Democrats control the Supreme Court by a narrow margin, but it looks like it could be a five to two swing for the Republicans in the fall. So be watching that. That's going to be very significant in that state. And many others, I think, are going to be looking into North Carolina to figure out what their rights are going to be afterwards. And of course, this Supreme Court ruling, I can't wait to hear what they have to say on the subject. Yeah, it's going to shake the landscape of uh, politics for a long time to come, I suspect. Uh, Hogan, for a long time, you sat at the podium, you battled the media, you battled the bureaucrats, you got the truth out regularly uh, in spite of an effort to uh, restrain the truth. Uh, there's a, almost a, a sweet irony to this week's conclusion of the Supreme Court. Uh, Donald Trump uh, battled and, and, and was really harmed often by the bureaucrats in these federal agencies, the nameless, faceless bureaucrats. But in the end of the day, he might have gotten the last laugh with the ruling today, uh, yesterday in the EPA case where uh, bureaucrats were told, you know what, you don't get to make the law. Yeah, was that sort of a final last laugh for Donald Trump and his old nemesis in the bureaucracy? I tell you what, it was such a win for the American people, but also Donald Trump. I mean, how many times did he have to fight the deep state? How many times did he have to fight the bureaucrats up here in Washington, D.C.? John, you're in the swamp. I'm in the swamp. Um, your co-anchor is not, of course, so she's in a much better place than we are. <laughs> so we understand these battles. We have to fight them every day. But this is a really interesting ruling because the EPA obviously is overreaching when it comes to you know, the Green New Deal and, and trying to regulate power plant emissions, et cetera. For whatever reason, Democrats are trying to sell the American people on the fact that they can run this country all the power needed with, you know, Skittles, gummy bears and unicorn breath. No one <laughs> believes that it's not going to happen. We need oil. We need energy. And thankfully, this this uh, ruling means really Congress gets to make up what those emission standards are going to be and not some bureaucratic agency like the EPA. So another win for the American people, another win for those who've been fighting against the bureaucracy. The chief of uh, among those being, of course, uh, the former president, Donald Trump. Yeah. Our guest tonight, A.G. Ken Paxton, gave all of these decisions out of the Supreme Court. I think he said a B-plus, right, John? He did. Yeah. He's yeah. So, That's right. So pretty good forecast. I wanted to ask you, though, you are integrally uh, involved and connected in D.C., and you hear so much of what's going on. I just wanted to get your political opinion. You know, we're in primary season, some runoffs here and there in states, but we're heading into a big and, and possibly very consequential midterm. What's your forecast for what's going to happen in November? You know, I know the press wants to focus on who Donald Trump endorsed versus who he didn't, the interstate battles as well. Look, Donald Trump's record is, is very good on endorsements, wins versus losses. But I have to say, regardless of who the nominee is in these states, and, and a lot of these battles are contentious, as you well know, the America First policies are undefeated. Everybody running on the right is trying to gravitate toward those policies because they understand that those policies made people's lives better, regardless of race, religion, color or creed. And the American people, in large part, are looking around saying we should go back to those policies because we want cheap gas. We want cheap groceries. We want uh, a lower crime. We want to secure a southern border. The Democrats have done all of these things, I would argue, not by accident, but by design. Um, this is their ultimate goal and ultimate plan to leave the border wide open for political purposes, of course. It's their ultimate goal, as I mentioned, to run this country on wind and solar. We're years and years and years, if not decades, if not centuries away from that happening. 
But they're they're so beholden to that left radical base that I think in the midterms, Republicans stand to have some significant gains. Now, leave it to Republicans to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But the left has gone so far at this point. The the one silver lining coming out of COVID, of course, is I think parents got to take a peek behind the curtain as well with the pushing of critical race theory and transing the kids and the hatred for America that our teachers are, are, are pushing on our children. And so more and more people are angry, and John knows this, but they're also you know, inspired to get involved and make a change. They realize the more local the government, the easier it is to effectuate change. And they're all over these races at the local level, and they're all over these races for Congress. And it looks like Republicans could do really well in November because of it. There's a lot of enthusiasm. We've got about 20 seconds left. Hogan, how do people follow the great work you're doing on election integrity at America First Policy Institute? Just follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Getter, at J. Hogan Gidley, at J. Hogan Gidley, and check out AFPI on the social media networks as well. And um, you, you'll take a look and see all the stuff we're doing across all of our centers, all the issues that really affect all Americans. Uh, you deserve a lot of props for the work you're doing on election integrity. I mean, it's really a landmark work. So thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. And have a happy Fourth of July. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, everybody. The nation's reaction following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade has sparked a lot of emotions from both ends of the political spectrum. And joining us now is one of America's fiercest defenders of life, North Carolina, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Lieutenant Governor, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here once again. You have so eloquently talked about the culture of life and needing to support it. When you heard that Dobbs v. Jackson had come down and Roe v. Wade had been overturned, what was your reaction? I thought it was a fantastic win for the Constitution, a fantastic win for the people of this country, and, and quite frankly, a, a fantastic win for the states. You know? you know, this always should have been an issue that should have been handled within the states. The folks in the states should be able to make their decisions uh, about this issue. It, uh, 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 abortion is not a constitutional right and never should have been guaranteed as such. And so we're ex extremely thrilled that this is going to come back and, and we're going to be able to decide how we want to take care of this inside of our own state. 
Lieutenant Governor, nail on the head. It's not a constitutional right. It's not even something that the federal government should be legislating on. It's a social issue. Therefore, it should go to the states. But you see folks on the left side of the aisle who are already trying to make concessions and figure out ways to wiggle those abortion clinics into red states, even though we know states that are uh, led by red leaders uh, are probably going to outlaw it like they have in Mississippi and Texas and other Republican states. So Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, along with Elizabeth Warren and about 25 other Democrats, they want to put abortion clinics on federal land in red states. Your thoughts? Well, the ironies here are just mind-numbing. Uh, first off, you know, the Supreme Court comes out and says that the uh, that uh, the, the abortion issue is a state's rights issue that we're decide and it gives the people in the states more power and the people who say they are for the people are actually angry about that it's just i just i really don't get it and and you know we see all of this effort from the left to try to preserve the right to kill babies at the same time we see absolute silence on the open border we see absolute silence on the inflation we see absolute silence on the high gas prices we see silence on the baby uh formula shortage we see silence on all of these substantive issues that are affecting uh, Americans every day while these people are screaming and raging about this issue of abortion, acting as if uh, all of a sudden the Supreme Court has outlawed abortions completely. And that simply is not true. Uh, I believe that we need to continue to push uh, to make this uh, in North Carolina. We want to push to make sure that North Carolina is uh, as pro-life as possible. We're going to be the, be the most pro-life uh, state in the union. But at the same time, we need to continue to highlight these substantive issues that are affecting Americans and North Carolinians uh, across the board. Yeah, such an important thing. And I've seen a lot of talk in the last few days of what conservatives can do beyond the bans and the legislation to give paths to mothers who may be facing a tough decision, how to raise that baby, how to get an adoption. Uh, what are some of the things you'd like to see North Carolina do to give those mothers support so they make a good decision? Here's what I'd like to, to do. I would like to get back young people how to be responsible with their bodies, not teaching our young people that they could go out and do as they please and then go out and kill the baby because they find themselves, quote, in trouble. We always talk about empowering our young people empowering our young women, empowering our young men, but to empower our young people. The very thing that we need to empower them with is a sense of responsibility over their own bodies. And that responsibility does not start with going to the abortion clinic. It starts with being responsible about whether or not you're going to engage in the activity that causes you to get pregnant. Absolutely. I want to switch over to a different topic, illegal immigration. Governor Biden, or excuse me, President Biden has signed a five-year contract to uh, place displaced, unaccompanied minor children, parentless children uh, who have come across the border in Greensboro, North Carolina. And look, I hate to distill this down to money and logistics, but who's going to take care of these kids? These are thousands of kids without parents. Who's going to take care of them? Who's going to pay for the people who take care of them to take care of them? There are so many questions I have and this is going to be happening in your state you know i'm just going to say it plain i don't know all the details of how this happened but this is a clear violation of the sovereignty of north carolina uh there's no way that the president should be able to just arbitrarily say we're going to place these people in your care look the north carolina is not responsible for 
securing the border on, on the southern border. Joe Biden is. If people are coming across that border illegally, if they're coming across unaccompanied, it is Joe Biden's responsibility to find a place in the place where he currently resides, which is in Washington, D.C., to house those folks. Not here in North Carolina, not in Greensboro. Look, this open border has caused all of the states of the union to become border states. The opioid crisis, the human trafficking crisis. It's all due to the fact that we don't have our border secure. And that is a complete, uh, uh, that, that, is, that is directly uh, uh, attributed to the failures of this current administration. And then to have him just arbitrarily come in and force states to take these folks, it, it's just outrageous and it has got to stop. We've got to do something in November to make sure we send some people to Washington, D.C. that are going to stand firm against the machinations of this administration, because we can already see the kind of disasters that it's causing. Oh, absolutely. We can. And you're right. Every state is now a border state. They've all been afflicted by the open border. I want to ask you about something Democrats preach, because they say the reason they've opened up this border is they want to be compassionate. But when you look at the journeys that these illegal migrants take to get here, they put themselves in the trust of the cartel. Young women and girls are sexually assaulted on the way here. They're asked to carry drugs. They're extorted for money. This seems to be a very inhumane way to come to the United States. What, uh, how do Republicans counter the false story that this is an act of compassion along the open border? Look, there is a premise in uh, property owners can be sued under called attractive nuisance. What the Biden administration created on our border is a very deadly, attractive nuisance. The border is wide open. And so now we see these folks coming across for these nefarious reasons to bring drugs to human traffic. We saw the terrible incident that happened with the transfer truck with the, the folks in the back of it. If we keep that border open, if we keep it unsecured, if we keep it unchecked, we are going to continue to see tragedy after tragedy, death after death. It has the entrance into this country needs to be legal and it needs to be organized. If it is not, it creates, as I said, an attractive nuisance that will cause death and luxury. And we, again, need to secure that border to make sure that, that doesn't happen. Absolutely. Lieutenant Governor, we've only got about 60 seconds left. You are a man of God. I wanted to ask you about this new Gallup poll that shows a record low number of Americans, just 81 percent of Americans believe in God. Uh, liberals and young people are less likely to believe in God. I, I think that probably follows conventional wisdom. But how, how do we reverse course and, and move that 81 percent back up? I think we need to look back and see what happened when we did believe in God, when we did put God first. When we put God first, we were able to beat the British in the revolution. We were able to uh, uh, we were able to get uh, survive our civil war and come out strong on the other side. We were able to win our war world wars. We were able to polio. We were able to put a man on the moon. Now, under this current uh, liberal agenda where God has been pushed out of the corner, pushed into the corner and not allowed into the public square. We can't even figure out which bathroom to use. So it's obvious which choice we need to make. And it's obvious who we need to turn to for our wisdom. You know, Lieutenant Governor, I imagine there's a lot of heads nodding yes when they heard you just say those words. It is always an honor to have you on the show, sir. And I want to wish you a happy early 4th of July. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It's a great honor. All right, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. What a great day. A big thanks to Andy Biggs, to Christy Nome, Ken Paxson, Hogan Gidley, and, of course, Mark Robinson for joining us and making this Sunday so informative. We learned a lot, a lot of passion, a lot of future policy and political disputes ahead of us, challenges ahead of us, but you got a good readout of what's coming down the pike from five great guests. We're really thankful for all of them joining us. Have a great Sunday afternoon. I hope you're blessed with friends and fellowship and good food. And of course, are getting ready for the fireworks and the other ways you may celebrate America's 246th Independence Day tomorrow, July 4th, 2022. By the way, we won't leave you in the cold on the 4th of July. We've got a special, a very special, special uh, man to head, my good colleague on the television show. We've put together a celebration of America on the 4th of July. Some great guests. You will not want to miss it. Tune in tomorrow for a special edition of John Solomon Reports, the July 4th edition. Happy Independence Day. Happy Sunday. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with regular programming on Tuesday. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. 
I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.